Alright, welcome to another episode of Record Night. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And what, how do we do this show? Well, each episode we pull a record off our respective shelves, show it to each other, and then uh, we analyze it, we review it, um, and just hang out, drink some beers. Usually there's records neither the other person hasn't heard, right? Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Ideally. Ideally. But we have similar taste in music, so, so we're bound to hear the same thing oh, yeah, at, some at some point. point. Yeah. Usually but I try to keep it a secret. So far, uh, neither of us have, at least as far as the episodes go, heard each other's albums. Have I challenged you at all? Like, uh, as far as liking things? Yeah. I think so. Okay. You're kind of, you're, you've started to test the limits of my <laughs> patience. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, you have challenged me. Just the things that I wouldn't listen to, like Lightning Bolt. Oh man, you just wait. Oh. I've got some stuff planned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, is episode four, if I'm not mistaken? It is, yeah. Episode four, and uh, I'm feeling good. <laughs> We're go- this episode is all, oh, yeah. New- all New York all the time. I oh, brought yeah. uh, the new album by Battles, Juice B. Crips. Okay. And what did what did you bring? I brought um, Jeffrey Lewis's, uh, was Jeffrey Lewis and the Voltage Bad Wiring. Okay. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into the New Yorkness. Yeah, he is also from New York. Oh yeah, yeah, big big time. Cool. <laughs> uh, so with battles, they were a twice four piece, twice three piece, currently two piece band. Uh, they released uh, two EPs that they counted as an album mm-hmm. and an album proper as a four piece with like a vocalist, two guitar players, and a drummer. And then they lost the vocalist after the album proper, and then did my favorite album of theirs, Gloss Drop. Yeah, and I, I, that that I told you that record, it hits weird but it hits hard. I love that. Yeah, album. Gloss Drop is great. Uh, they followed that up with uh, Lottie Dottie, mm-hmm. which a lot of people call Gloss Drop 2.0. Yeah, because it does sound very similar. They uh, they do that thing where they build off of uh, loops. And stuff like that. Um, I still like it, but I guess reading interviews afterwards, it seems like the band wasn't super into it. Yeah. They just kind of like pushed it out. Um, And then recently their bass and guitar player, uh, loop builder guy. Braxton? No, he he was the vocalist he left. Uh, This is David Kopanak. Nopo? Kanopa? Kanopa. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) He left before this album came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now they're a two-piece with guitar, keyboard player, and drummer. Um, And it's changed up a little bit. It's not... They still build loops. Right. um, But they're working more on, like, instead of building off of the loops, Uh triggering the loops at different points. So I think you'll hear on this one, compared to Gloss Drop, it's more... It feels more electronic, even though everything's being played live. It feels like an electronic okay. album, right. which I think is really cool. Let me yeah, pull this out of here, and I'll album. show you. Um, oh, uh, Dave was also the uh, the visual artist for the band, so okay. you're seeing this is a new artist doing the cover on this one. So they've they've changed quite a bit. It's still noticeably battles, but I don't know. It's pretty cool. That's it's got a this little subway track in the yeah, which the subway tracks. Uh, are actually like roots for the songs. Oh, that's interesting. And I, I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be like broken down as like different yeah. parts of the songs, different stops along the way. Um, but yeah, I mean that's as far as I, that's as much as I have as, for history of battles. This is um, on uh, 
clear vinyl. Nice. Pretty nice. cool. Yeah. Um, but I did bring, I brought the beer this time. Okay, yeah, what beer is I was, well, I actually asked all my New York friends, since this is going to be a New York episode, yeah. uh, what, like, the quintessential New York beer was. Yeah. And they all said uh, Brooklyn Brewing. Okay. I got that from all three of the people I asked. Yeah. Um, Kansas liquor stores do not have Brooklyn Brewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So I just grabbed a, which... Brooklyn Brewing, please sponsor us. Yeah, we, I, we'd love to drink your beer on the air. <laughs> um, but I brought one of my favorites, uh, the New Belgium 1554. Nice. Uh, this one kind of has an interesting story. These guys are from uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. I'm just going to keep bringing Colorado <laughs> beers. Um, but what they did with this one, as far as the story goes, is they found an old uh, like manuscript or recipe yeah. and that was written in 1554 mm-hmm. in an old like English Abbey. So they built it and expanded upon it. Uh, so now you've got this like old style beer recipe right. as a beer. Nice. And I think it's, I think it's really good, but it might be divisive. We'll see. Let's uh, crack one open. Yeah. Much like, uh, much like living in New York. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Oh, yeah, sure. Some people might love this, and some people might hate it. Have you been here? I have. I went yeah. once, and it was overwhelming. How old were you? How old? Yeah. 26. Oh, you were old enough to enjoy it. Yeah, I went to New York Comic Con. Oh, oh, nice. It was awesome, but um, it was... I never thought I'd hear, oh, we're gonna, mm. we were going to cheers, but you already tasted it. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um... I never thought I was uh, agoraphobic, mm-hmm. or that's the one. That, is that open spaces or is that people? I'm bad with phobia names. Uh, the ones where you're afraid of a lot of people. Um, agoraphobia, I think, it fits that better. But I'm not sure. Agoraphobia is when you don't want to leave the house. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I felt very confined and like oh. almost like claustrophobic because there are so many people, but yeah. there was also just so many people. Yeah. Um. So I was. Constantly overwhelmed and stressed out. You but would I loved not it. like Tokyo. Probably uh, not. I uh, so we we you know we I went to Japan. Tokyo was great, um, but um, I'd say about half the train rides you were sardined in a uh, train. Like mm-hmm. like you could fucking just get get by your personal space. But here's the thing: they're so low on crime there that I never had to worry about my wallet getting taken from me in those trains. Huh. I don't even know if I was so much worried about crime as much as I was worried that someone would know I'm a tourist. <laughs> oh, And then yeah. they'd call me a tourist. I couldn't way, deal with that. The thing is, it's almost impossible as me and uh, my wife, we're obviously tourists. It's 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 impossible to hide. Right. Uh, you know, looking at our phones like, are we in the right train? That's yeah. sort of, that sort of thing. Uh, the train system all the way also in Tokyo, or Japan itself, fucking confusing as fuck i've seen yeah i've seen some stuff uh like it's all super convenient but yeah i've heard oh, some yeah. stuff is really yeah, confusing well, I mean, i'm sure i'm there once i'm there a year and i'm taking the same thing i don't have to fucking look at hyperdia which is the app we had to download to figure mm-hmm. out trains um but uh the parts you would like of japan are the shrines and the nature which, i'd love the rural part yeah. like that's kind of like as far as like still living in america and stuff uh-huh. like that goes like my dream house is like a cabin just shoved back into a shoved back into the woods and it's yeah. like, I do not want to live in a city yeah like like that like where you live now do you want something more secluded oh yeah yeah I want I want so secluded <laughs> you want to go down to the store once a week exactly go to town <laughs> once even, a week. fuck that I'll just 
raise my own like chickens and have my own uh garden and maybe corn or something i'm gonna do a henry david thoreau style (laughs) walden just put me off by a lake my mom will swing by and wash my clothes every so often chickens so you're halfway there yeah we're halfway there (laughs) living on a prayer but yeah okay so now that we're done talking about uh being secluded let's put on an album that's supposed to represent new york (laughs) okay you want to get straight to it yeah, we might okay. as well. I is mean, this we, Vanals, what's it called again? Uh, it is Juice B. Crips. Juice B. Crips. Juice B. Crips. Um, there is a playlist that's posted if yeah. you want to bring it up. Uh, if you want to listen along with us, you can pause the podcast now or within the next 10 seconds or so and listen along and then come back and we'll all have a big discussion about it. Awesome. All right. All right. See, see you guys soon. soon. So that was Battle's Juice B. Crips, huh? Yeah. What did you think of that so one? So I have your own notes real quick. Yeah, let's do those. I got a decent amount here. So, uh, it's funky. Like funk music or it smells bad? No, like as in more like like groovy, sort of like, like it has to have funk elements to it. Yeah. Um, good cruising music, sure. For sure. Oh yeah. yeah, I've listened to this a lot in my car. Yeah. Working out? Working out? Uh, probably if I had been working out since this album <laughs> came out. <laughs> I think I've worked out once. It's good general chilling music also. Yeah, it uh, has a lot of chill tracks on here, I which I like a lot. I noticed it's um, released by Warp Records, which mm-hmm. it sounds like a record they put out. Um, well, that's perfect, because it was. <laughs> and um, the, um, I think the first thing I want to say about these songs is uh, they keep it interesting by stripping it down. Yeah, yeah, they was, definitely strip it down. And I do like that a lot. That's probably my favorite thing about this record, honestly. Interesting, because that's is my it could be... least favorite thing about this record. Oh, okay. Let's... Yeah, I've got, I've, I have thoughts about this one, and they're, they trend towards positive. They but trend towards positive. There, there's some negatives on this okay. one. Okay. Well, you want to start with First Track Ambulance? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I think of all the albums, it, obviously it's hard to come out with a new album from a band that I love uh, and have them not compare it oh, to yeah. other albums. Oh, sure. Which is, I think, where a lot of my feelings about this album come from. The good feelings or the bad feelings? The bad feelings. Okay. And I guess some of the good feelings. Okay. But they, uh, it's always going to be in comparison to everything else. Right. And it starts right off with Ambulance, which is a cool song, but is the worst opener on any Battles album. Oh, you think so? Yeah. And it's not a bad song. It's just not... It's the least good opener. It was seen the gloss drop, definitely. That that grabbed me more than Ambulance did. Yeah, both um, gloss drop and Lottie Dottie uh, just have these like huge epic openers, and I maybe that's why a lot of people call Lottie Dottie kind of like a gloss drop 2.0. Yeah, is they do kind of hit some of the same notes, but once you create that trend, it's like, oh, I want that again. But it is battles in the way that it's dancing and like It's a like it is a really, really cool song. I love the little I love the bass line. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> and they do a thing that I re- that battles is really good at is like you kind of get in the groove of the bass line mm-hmm. and then the drums kick in and you're like, that's not what I expected the drums <laughs> why'd the drums start there? And then you get like almost like a different groove even though it's playing the same thing. This song emphasizes the interesting parts of it, like the oh, bass yeah. line. Mm-hmm. Um baseline's definitely the most interesting part, the part where you definitely sort of nod your head the most. Yeah. Um, and I love the little uh almost like screechy beepy like the base of the third sound that comes in sounds, on here. Yeah. yeah. But then when the bass comes back in, like it fits in there perfectly. And it's like, how the fuck do these fit but it, together? But it's the first time where it strips down. And I love the strip down. Dude. Yeah. And you don't have... It's... 
not like I like that there's less instrumentation, I guess, so it's a little easier to pay attention to. But this song specifically, and it happens a lot on the album, they like ride ideas for a little bit too long. You think like, so? Yeah. It's like I when feel someone like tells song, a joke and they bring the joke even more, you're like, okay, this joke's not funny anymore. Yeah, it kind of gets to the point where it's like, this is a cool bass line. Uh-huh. But can we hear more than just the bass line? Yeah. And they go maybe like two measures longer than I'm just like, please, please just add something else. And then the other, <laughs> the other part kicks in and then it all kicks in together and it's back to being interesting again. Yeah. But then they ride that sound a little bit too long and it's kind of like, it gives me time to get tired of something. Sure. Which uh, this out al- this album does that a decent amount, um, but this song this song uh, has a lot of it. Okay, so let's move on to a loop so nice. A loop so nice. They played it twice. Yeah, I want to talk about this one as one track. Okay, that's fair. It's another issue I have with this album when someone says, "Oh my God, Battles is coming out with eleven new tracks. It's going to be awesome." But two of them are two part tracks, and one's a filler track, and it's like. <laughs> Oh, so you mean they're coming out with eight new songs? Because <laughs> yeah. this album, this album's their shortest so, so far. Ocean Eyes does follow a train, a battle stream where it comes to dancing and it hits hard, but it's also groovy. It's yeah, definitely groovy. This is actually my second favorite song off the album as a whole. But even if uh, you were to keep it as two parts, I think part mm-hmm. two is my favorite of the two, but as a whole, this is my second favorite song on the whole album. So I can understand why they separated into two tracks, because mm-hmm. it does change quite a bit from that first part to the second, and then some singing comes in basically in the second track. I love the singing on yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it matches, and it they do a really good job. Like The singing kind of has this really nice, sweet quality to yeah. it, mm-hmm. with like these really screechy synths that's yeah, yeah. like when I'm listening to it at home. The modulation behind the singing voice is incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I'm listening to it at home or around other people, I've had people go like, "What are you listening to?" <laughs> like, because like that part when the vocals come in is so weird. Yeah. Uh, but I love it. Um, yeah, the synth sounds in this and a lot of this record, fucking top notch. Yeah. Like, like I was like, that sound I want it. Like, yeah. I, I wish I could just go home and just fucking find a keyboard, just fuck around. Yeah, the loop on this, I love it. it has this kind of like circular, cyclical feel where like oh, yeah, you know it's repeating, but I can't figure out where it starts. Also, over. doesn't get old. Yeah, it I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Um, Great juxtaposition between this and the first part of it. I, I oh do, yeah, yeah. So like, I am. I see it definitely as one song, like you said. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out why they um, split it into two, but I'm guessing it's due with like saying, hey, this singer. Uh, Maybe, or they're just afraid of tracks that are longer than ten minutes. Because <laughs> the other track that they split into two, if you had it as oh, two yeah. parts, it'd be longer than ten minutes. I, I don't know if it's a, a conscious artistic effort or what, or uh, idea or not, but I... They should just be one piece. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, this song, I think... This song has amazing drumming. Oh, This yeah. song rips and it gets stuck in my head i think it's in part two after like the singing kicks in and you get you this me, are these drums are actually recorded live oh it's just a live drum kit yeah that's amazing yeah i think they're a drum machine does show up but as like a secondary secondary to the drums the live drums are there they show up later not have in this seen song them live? i've seen them live once and it's the best concert i've ever been to oh yeah it's so fucking cool <laughs> it's so good um they do this thing that not a lot of bands do it, it's a nice kind of like ego thing yeah. too is they all consider themselves equal. Uh-huh. So the drums are pushed up to the front of the stage. Okay. And every like everybody's as far up as they could possibly get. I 
happened to sit right in front of a bass drum. Oh, so dumb. Thump. Oh yeah, so and he's such a good drummer. Like he's so precise, so cool. But yeah, that part in the song where it's like dun 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 dun, and he's just going crazy on the drums. You can't see a lot, can you? I dude, I love them. They're so good. Sugarfoot. Well, let's finish up on this one. Sure. Because you wanted to do what the song did, and just cut off before you were done talking. This song just ends. And the first time I heard it, I thought, like, my internet had cut out because I was listening to it on Spotify. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe the Spotify thing's messed up. I listened to the record, and it still cuts off. Like, it doesn't resolve. It just kind of seems like they were like, oh, we're done. Does that bother you? It bothers me so much. <laughs> I know. I even noticed you were like, oh, is that over? Yeah, yeah. Is that it? No. I guess that's it because it cuts off, like, mid-phrase of what she's saying. It cuts off before the... Uh, the notes on the synth resolve it's just kind of like why why'd you cut it off but now we can get to sugarfoot sugarfoot also uh, building layers yeah this is my third favorite song on this album um i put glitchy in here uh-huh but I, that might have been the record player uh it might have been yeah we did kind of have issues while we were listening with the record skipping a little bit um so we did we switched over to spotify sorry but, guys but uh, uh i know the illusion's broken but, um but, but it, i don't think this one's glitchy uh although it might be glitchy uh this early on in the album because the album gets way glitchy oh yeah later. it does have a they, they do focus, uh, focus on chord progression it's um yeah one of those records that definitely does that a lot uh but it has a fine sense of harmony like like, like all the oh, yeah. cool flows together Except for the abrupt ending, the last one. Um, yeah, which it bothers me every time, but I still love that song. Um, but the thing I like about the song is it is what it does is that if it if you feel like you start to drift, it brings you back right before you sort of yeah. Drift this off. one this one knows how long to hold on to its ideas. In, in the weird extent, like uh, they're not. The, by the way, they're indecipherable. Uh-huh. They're there to add sonic landscape. I think that's what I like about battles. Yeah. Is a lot of their stuff. Um, it's a lot more like sonic landscape than like trying to say something. I don't think they even write their lyrics. They generally like bring in collaborators and they're just yeah. like, yeah, just yeah, whatever, say what you want. Yeah. Um, but this also. This do you know who the singer is on this one? No. It's the lead singer of Yes. Oh. And this song sounds at okay. different points like a Yes song. <laughs> um, like there's like a shift. The frog rock band. Yes. Yeah. It sounds so <laughs> progressive. It sounds really cool. And th- this one has kind of like a lighter sound to it that okay. I think uh, I, I, Battles I, focuses I said on. That, to me, it sounds the most organic so far. Yeah, it sounds uh, like a progressive rock song. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't sound like an electronic song. Yeah, yeah. That, that, not that I dislike that or like it. In this, or it's just, I thought it was interesting. Sugarfoot's a, a good song. Yeah, uh, and one thing, like just kind of like this album as a whole, uh, you know, I'll get... That's an idea for later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... Are you done for that one? After that, we get to my favorite song on the album, Fort Green Park. Fort Green Park. Um, it's also instrumental. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about I've noticed about this record too is the intoxicating rhythms they bring into it. So when the drums come in, you're just like, "Fuck!" Like I'm, yeah. uh, I'm being hugged by this, and it's amazing. <laughs> exactly. And it, they do. They like to like subvert your expectations a bit because they start off with that little uh, the synth loop. Mm-hmm. And then once you think you get the beat of it, the drums come in. Yeah. And they, they're in kind of a different place than they you'd change, expect them they, to be. They, like, you expect to hear something else, 
and it changes it to an even more pleasant place when the jumps Exactly. Like, I never would have thought of that, yeah. but that's way better than what my brain was doing. Now, but, but here's the problem. Uh, there's, I love the strip down in the song. Uh-huh. What do you think of it? This is my favorite song on the okay, album. Okay, so yeah. So, like, I love this song. I love... Uh, like, it's right near the beginning when the loop kind of starts to double up and harmonize with itself. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it, like you said, like the hug with the drums. This was like a hug. So you get it, you kind of get into the the groove of the original loop. And then it like doubles up and you're like, oh, this is even better. This yeah. is awesome. So, um, we want, like, like, yeah, to me, that was a song I enjoyed the most too, Fort Green Park. Probably. Yeah. Uh, then we get a titanium two step. Well, we didn't even talk about the change in this song. Okay, I want to hear about Where that. it's like, you know, it, it it's doing that kind of like slow part, and then it starts to build, and you get that just crazy, almost like glitchy kind of loop. Okay, yeah, it did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when I really like the song. Okay. Like, I think the song, the beginning part's great, but they're really good about second halves of songs on this album. It's like, <laughs> yeah. they know how to, like, tweak it just enough, and it's like, you're still getting that kind of interesting, doubled-up guitar sound, but yeah. the... Everything else is just doing something completely different. And that, that, that's battles does best. They have these different um, avenues and branches you can explore. Yeah. In and most songs, honestly. Yeah. And that's... Now I'll get back to that thought, because this is a perfect time to bring it up. Um, what original... So originally, I didn't like this album when I listened to it. Okay. You I was you disappointed. I was disappointed because I was in the mindset of I wanted this to be like older battles albums. Okay. Kind of that. There's that bass loop, and then they build off of it. Okay. But this album takes a different approach, which is they still have the loops, but they wanted to explore kind of breaking apart the loops and still making it like listenable and work within itself. Uh-huh. But they're focused more on changing that bass layer and doing right. different stuff. And I think this song does a really good job of like they break it up, they cut it out, but then you still got there's that little doubled up guitar thing that's <laughs> fitting in over here. And I think once I understood that approach i started to like this album a lot more i yeah. think it grew on me okay, a lot it's a grower huh it's a grower it's not a shower <laughs> okay uh titanium two-step okay so this starts out pretty organic with mm-hmm. sounding drums and then it gets chaotic and cool pretty quick this song was the one that has the uh drum kit on it but oh, it's yeah. really only just making like a ch- 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 <laughs> sound it's like why this is, is the song that has the most funk influence i think i agree um and i think it has to do with the singer maybe uh-huh. Yeah, which uh, bringing in kind of the New York aspect of this album. Yeah, they just they got a guy from a New York no wave band. I'll have to look up the name real quick um, to come in, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm around. I'll come in and sing something." And they just kind of laid down his vocal track uh, just right on the spot, which I think is really cool. Yeah, but <laughs> this is my least favorite song on the album. Oh yeah, okay. I think. It shows it. It shows its hands a little too well. Like when I first heard this song, I'm like, "Oh fuck went, yeah, this is so more, good." Right? Well, I think it's uh, on first listen. It's a really good song. I think it's really cool. But this is another one of those ones that it like rides its ideas too long. And I think every time I listen to this song, mm-hmm. I like it less. Ooh, so it's like interesting. And I've listened to this album a lot since it <laughs> came out. So now we're kind of getting to the point where it came, like I saw it coming up on the. Uh, uh, on the track list, I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta listen to Titanium Two-Step again. Because if you were home, you would have skipped it. Yeah, unless, yeah. I mean, unless I was listening to it on my, uh, on my record player, but... You might I, make a sandwich at that point. Yeah, I skip it when I'm <laughs> driving around or listening to something. It's a good cruising record, though. It is. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, like I said, this song sounds good early on, and I liked it the first few times I heard it, but there was an interview, uh, where they were talking about how the song came together, 
and I guess it was like two separate bits that um like they couldn't figure out how to fit together or yeah. couldn't develop further. So they just smashed them together and they were like, Yeah, oh, sure, that's fine. Uh-huh. And the song kinda feels like it. Like, it just kinda feels like Oh, we had these two things that we didn't know what to do with, so we kind of threw them together. And then the lyrics are really repetitive. It's just, it's taken too long to figure it out. Time's a million, and then near the end you get, all right, all right already. All right, all right. Exactly. (laughs) It's all right. Uh, Um, Well, the guy's name is Sal Principato, but uh, I couldn't figure out what band he's from. (laughs) Then we get into a interstitial song. Oh, yeah. A Hero uh, 3. Interstitial. That's a nice way to put uh, filler. Yeah, it's filler. Um, it's it's, it's, it's uh, every song that you hear on a record that you're like, why? <laughs> yeah, did I really need a break after yeah. Titanium 2-Step? No, I didn't. Um, although I will say, it's the second best Battles filler song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the first being Tyne Ware, which I think is from Lottie Dottie, uh, which is like a really good song that I wish was minutes longer like if you want to talk about a loop and drums that feel good yeah dineware feels amazing it's a nice hug the whole time. It, it sounds so good um yeah it's track eight on lottie dottie but it's only a minute and 50 seconds long although i think in this one based on how it sounds i think the guitar player is playing the guitar and playing the uh the keyboard or the piano at the same time nice which is cool, but it's only. But weird. if you're not seeing it happen, there's like a disconnect that you're just like, oh, I'm listening to two just things. Yeah, yeah. It's like it. I don't know. It's fine. And we get to ism ism, which I'm. This is one I'm most curious. So how you feel? Shabazz Palaces mm-hmm. um, did the vocals, and I guess. Yep. Uh, Young Hustler. <laughs> that's that's a little thing. This song feels the most like a single. I think on the Which record. would surprise you. It's actually Fort Green Park and Titanium Two Step are the single. That is interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine Fort Green Park being a single. So since it's instrumental, bands are terrified of using instrumentals as a right? single. No, it has a video and everything. Yeah. And also, um, I guess Loop So Nice, they played it twice, is also a single because they yeah. have a video for both of those. So but, I, I mean, imagine this one as a single where somebody listens to it like, oh my God, I really love that Battles rap album. Yeah. And then they pick up this and there's no rap on it. Yeah. Except this song. So this song uh, is a rap song. Yeah. The rhythm gets me. I love it. It's so good. But it's uh, it's one, one of the most consistent as in uh, the song doesn't morph as much as the other songs in the record. Yeah. This one this one is a one that they build off of the loop. It's yeah. kind of classic Battles style where you get these like little... Uh, synth solos, uh-huh. get these little guitar solos, but it's all still kind of built around that same kind of like speeding up, slowing down guitar sound. Yeah. So uh, it's scratchy. There's some scratchy noises in this, uh-huh. um, which I like scratchy personally. Yeah. You and I, we we have a a deep uh, cult of love for noise, ugly right? Noise. <laughs> um, but uh, I do like Gizm quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think if you're gonna show someone this record uh, that doesn't really listen to music. This is the one they connect with the most. Yeah, this would be one I'd show uh, some of my friends. Just be like, oh, listen to this song. I wouldn't expect them to listen to Battles, but I'd be like, oh, you might like this song. Yeah. Um, um, although it, it doesn't, the song is also, it feels out of left field. Like, I don't know if you were like, what the fuck? There's a, like a rap song on here? Uh, yeah, I, 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 not like I didn't expect it, but I didn't. Right. <laughs> like, 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 it, like, it sounds like a battle song, but 
it does sound like Shabazz Palaces came in like, let's do this. Right. Um, and I, I like I like his quite a bit. Yeah, but they actually did a remix it's... for a Gloss Drop song. So it's like they've worked together before okay. and they've done something similar. I think this is better than the Gloss Drop thing they did. Was it, was it called the gla- Glass Drop? or the Dross Glop. Dross Glop. Was their like like, remix album. Um, I'm coming around to it. I'm not big on remix albums. I'm not either, man. Like, 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 they don't do what I want them to do. Like, honestly, remix albums, there's a remix album, I come to it if I've exhausted everything else I want to listen to. Yeah. I think the coolest remix album is Chicken Switch by the Melvins. Okay. So instead of giving an artist a song to work with, they're like, here's our entire album. Make a song out of it. Wow. So instead of just having one source to work with, they have, you know... 10 to 12 songs that they get to pull stuff from. Okay. And it, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, I'd also just love to hear a Battles produced rap album. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think this is really cool. I'd love to hear this idea kind of stretched further. Young Hustler. Yeah. Or Young Hustler. <laughs> yeah. And then they... uh, which brings us to the titular track. Juice B. Crips. Juice B. Crips. Which I, I... By the way, when I, when I heard you say the name of it, I was expecting... C-R-I-P-S? <laughs> like, like the band? Oh, not like the, like the, the gang? gang. <laughs> the <Yeah>. band. <laughs> the band. Crips. <laughs> the band of people? Yeah. yeah. No, that's just my uh, Midwestern accent dropping okay. the T. Gotcha. Juice be Crips. I can't do it. I'm from Colorado. Crypt. We we drop our T. Crypt. I did do the same Crypt. Like, Juice I, be Crypt. Some people can do that shit easy. I cannot. No. I can't. Like, my T's sound like D's. <laughs> Honestly, like when I'm playing something, I'm listening to something, like a. Uh, I just don't pronounce them. Yeah, why would you? That's yeah. too much. Too much effort. Yeah. So juice, <laughs> um, juice be crypts. Yeah, um, this is this is their most kind of electronic, glitchy sounding. It starts frantic for sure. It's yeah. Uh, it starts out going. <laughs> but I think the crazy thing on this is it sounds really glitchy and it sounds really chaotic. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's all played like live. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, the guy's kicking off different loops and doing different stuff on the keyboard, but the drummer's doing his thing. I don't think there's any, like, studio cuts for what he's doing. I think oh, he is playing this. Uh, it does the thing you don't like with where it strips down. Yeah. Good way. And you don't like that. Oh, I like this song a okay. lot. Yeah. <laughs> so you okay with it? Yeah. This one grew on me, but I think it's because it changes so much. So, it doesn't ride an idea too it, long. It, yeah, you're... Okay, so I actually wrote structured, and then it's just something go. Then sprawls. Yeah. For a while, it's like, okay, I'm getting that, I don't know, I'm listening to quotes, verse, chorus, verse. Right. And then it changes. Yep. Uh, midway through the, the second verse, I guess, <laughs> best way to put it. Um, I like that, just that random little bass thing to the boo, 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 boo. <laughs> Boom, it kicks back in. Yeah, when it kicks back, like I said, I'm going to shift down because then you get the chord sort of build up again. Each sort of. Right. In my, on the. Bring a level up on this little track, then bring a level up on yep. this one and this one. And um, so I, I, I'd probably say this is my second favorite song on the record. Oh, really? Yeah, with um, with um, Ism being the first favorite. Ism's your first favorite? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do like the guitars at the end. Like it, you, it sort of strips down. You just hear the guitars. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you're like, oh, that's where that was the whole record. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's where it was this whole song. That's where it was, and then and then we get to the next song, uh, which is. La- the Last Supper on Shasta, which on Spotify is split up into two parts. On the back of the record, it's split up into one. Yeah. 
but I so I don't know if they counted as two or one. And this actually has tune yards in the, at least the first part. Which I th- I've listened to a couple tune yard songs yeah. and I like them, um, but I need to I need to explore their discography a little yeah, bit yeah. more. I, I'm not too familiar with tune yards. I I've heard of them obviously, uh-huh. um, but I. I can't listen to everything Pitchwork tells me to. It's <laughs> a lot of music. They do a couple reviews a day. Um, but once again, uh, it's another track where part two is the better of the two oh, yeah. parts of it. Um, although this song's really cool, it, but it starts the off... The first song is, 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 is a typical drop-in for this record. Yeah. It starts out like uh, any other song in this record. Yeah, like, they do kind of have a consistent thing that they do this album. This is also the first part of this. Swords like a single. So I mm-hmm. was thinking that's why maybe they split up on Spotify. Because they go listen to part one. Because that would be the single on this record. Right. Nope. Not a single either. Yeah. Although maybe they'll do an album. I like all their videos. But it's a good fit. Two yards are a good fit for this uh, song. Oh yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, I was into it. Uh, it's a good song. They always find good uh, vocal collaborators. Yeah. I think they do a pretty good job. Um, but I like I guess the shift in this one. I think I said out loud since uh, Spotify didn't pop up and say yeah. it, like when the when the change was. It's pretty obvious when the change is where it shifts from this kind of like happy go lucky thing that like keeps building, keeps building, and then it just kicks and into this part two. Yeah, this chaotic. <laughs> yeah, different tone, chaotic is where down. Yeah, and the, but it also does the thing that I was into. It strips down. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, I should mention in part one, uh, I think it's important to mention, uh, I think Cowbell shows up for the yeah. first time in a battle song. Did you, did you want to go, I want more Cowbell? No, because I fucking hate SNL and okay. I hate that skit. Oh, you hate SNL, the whole thing? I've never found it funny. Okay. But I've also, like, barely watched it. Like, I think it's a interesting institution okay. of comedians writing the writing things and putting it on. Uh, but I think like the digital shorts are way funnier than the show proper. Okay, so you like Danny Sandberg stuff, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like the Lonely Island stuff, and that's about <laughs> oh, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I think my favorite Lonely Island thing is the Natalie Portman rap. That's my favorite thing they've done. Yeah. Yeah, I know saying I hate SNL puts a big target on my head, but no, I'm not, I'm not it's, gonna, I don't know. I, I like uh, Kids in the Hall. I like uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. I like Mr. Show. So I don't hate sketch comedy. I yeah. just... Like, Don't like I like good sketch comedy. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Part two. Yeah, where it's just a lot more chaotic. I didn't write down a lot because I was just enjoying listening yeah. to it. But uh, what do you think about the end of the the exit part? The piano. I love the ending. Okay. Yeah. Did you notice what the piano was though? No. It's the opening of the album played on a piano. No shit. Yeah, not the weird like glitchy sound thing. Oh, okay. So the album's kind of circular. Okay. Almost. I, mean, I, did, I, did. I I have yet to hear anybody mention that that's what it is. Uh-huh. I've seen a couple of reviews where people are like, yeah, it just sounds like somebody's fucking around on like arpeggios on the piano or something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, no, it's it's the opening. Yeah. Just play the first song and you'll know See, exactly I'm, what it I'm is. I'm thinking of Poison the Wells, uh, Tear from the Red, uh-huh. where the first chord they play is the last chord they play on the record. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's a, but, uh, but, uh, but everything also kind of just gets like really glitchy, like it almost just breaks apart can't handle itself anymore and then it just goes in this nice little like yeah. these little piano yeah also it's like yeah and it's a nice little farewell yeah it ties up the song or cuts it off one or two <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh and most of all i i do like what uh gloss drop more than this oh for gloss drop is in my maybe top three or top five albums of all time uh-huh which is probably why i came at this so Maybe so aggressively or just okay. so like ready to be disappointed by it. Because it's right. like if you're not releasing Gloss Drop, then I don't give a shit. <laughs> but I do like it. It grew on me 
quite a bit, but I also kind of feel like it, like, I change my mind. Like, I'm very wishy-washy on this one where it's mm. like, I'll listen to it and I love it. And then I'll listen to it again and be like, yeah, it's fine. And then I'll listen so, to it again and be like, oh, this might be the best one. So we'll, we'll, we'll do this. I Since you are a fan of battles, where are you ranking in their discography? At this exact moment, uh-huh. I think it it might be th- th- third. Third? Okay. Yeah, three. Well, for counting the EP. Okay. They did they did two EPs that they kind of like combined together into one thing. Um, we'll count that as an album. Uh, so I would say this is. Three out of five. Three out of five? Yeah, so it's my okay. third favorite out of their five. First being Gloss Drop, second being uh, Mirrored, then this one, then Lottie Dottie, which Lottie Dottie I thought was pretty good, but then you listen to it more and it's like, oh, this is like half filler songs. <laughs> you want to talk about writing ideas for too long. Um, okay, <laughs> Lottie Dottie does that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is, my, this is my third favorite Battles album at this exact moment. But... I actually forgot to mention some stuff in the history part. Okay. Uh, we talked about the people who left the band, but we didn't talk about the people who were in the band. Okay. And this, I think this is actually, I'm going to pretend this was strategic, but okay. I didn't tell you, so it didn't color what you might think of Battles or this album. Um, Battles is a super group. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, when they started, it was Tyande Braxton, who's kind of like his own little solo artist thing. He was building his own career. It was Dave Kopanak, Kopak. I if I'm not looking at it, I can't read it. It's K N O P P A. Kanapa, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Napa. Uh, He was in like a math rock group called Lynx. Uh, Lynx. Yeah, they were pretty good. I checked them out. Yeah. Um, But then it's Ian Williams, which is the guitar player, keyboard player, who's from Don Caballero. Okay. Which is one another one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Ian Williams. Is that how you discovered battles, or you were in the battles before that? Uh, they showed up on a lot of, like, best math rock lists, oh, okay. even though they're not really math rock. I don't know. Yeah. They, they showed up on there, and then I realized that they shared members, and was like, ah, cool. Uh, yeah. And then the drummer is John Stainer from Helmet. Okay, yeah, Helmet. Uh, and he's also in Tomahawk, which is another super group. Yeah. Um, but those are probably the two things he's most known for. But it's, like, a bunch of people who aren't really making the exact same kind of music. Right. Who, like, shouldn't work together, who then just make this insane stuff that doesn't sound like any part of anything else they've worked on and i i think that's really cool but now it's just ian williams and john stainer so it's still a super group two people are still in famous bands okay we're in famous bands cool uh but that was battles juice be crips and i'd love to hear what you brought okay so i uh am doing uh bringing you jeffrey lewis's Jeffrey Lewis and the Voltage, but every record has a different backing band. Jeffrey is Lu- it a different backing band, or is it just the same band with a different name? Well, he hasn't been consistent, so... Okay. Um, Jeffrey Lewis, he is uh, what is... Uh, early on in his career, he uh, was what was called anti-folk, which is basically just punk, punk ethos with folk music. Okay. Um, he, but was, uh, he, was he folk punk or just anti-folk? Anti-folk. Okay. And he, he, a lot of people hate that label. He kind of embraced it a little bit. Um, okay, cool. Uh, at first. So his first two records are field recordings, basically. They're like, he, hit, he had tape machine and boombox, he record, and then he hit the rough trade, they, they do it. Right? Okay. <laughs> so he, uh, he his first six records are on 
the legendary British label Rough Trade. Okay. Uh, um, but he has a bunch of self-release stuff. Like, uh, seeing here, he has... Uh, like, if you look at the list, it's a bunch of shit that's not his... Not records that he released on uh, mainstream, right? Like, a lot of this stuff is stuff he... You know, he gained out cassettes. Starting right. back in 1997. Um, uh, people... We'll lump him in the same group as Kimmy Dawson. Do you know who Kimmy Dawson is? I've heard. Junior, the Juno soundtrack. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, Daniel Johnson, Daniel Johnson, he's part of the dude with him. Okay. Uh, in fact, he went to Austin to find him. And then he finds out Daniel Johnson's not the person you really talk to. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, we'll start. Uh, I'm, he has a bunch of stuff. But his first main record, uh, also for the corner, is called The Last Time I Did Acid, I Went Insane. Okay. Jeff Lewis is a very wordy guy. Wordy. Like, wordy. Like he and he is the best lyricist of top my top three favorite Damn. lyricists of all time. Uh, ben Gibbard of Death Cat for Q will say the same. Jarvis Cocker, the lead uh, guy of Pulp, will say the same. He's a uh, you know he's a writer's musician. Okay. Um, he's funny. He's tragic. He's heartbreaking, and he's clever. Um, when it comes to his lyrics, um, and that's what got me into him. Mm-hmm. Uh. He came up on Pandora, uh, a song called Back When I Was Four. It was fucking hilarious, and it was fucking uh, good, and I, I became a fan, easy. But his first song is called The Last Time I, the last time I Did Ask Someone Sane, and it's about a song. The, the title track is a song about what happened when we did acid. <laughs> he went insane. <laughs> yeah, he went insane. In <laughs> uh, all the recordings, there's some good stuff on there. There's some really great stuff on there. Uh, and then his uh, next... Uh, studio effort was it's called It's the One Who've Cracked That the Light Shines Through mm-hmm. uh, this has some really great songs on it um, there's a song called uh, If You Shoot the Head You Kill the Ghoul which is about zombies right. uh, people hate this song uh, Pitchfork hated this record gave it a 2.1 out of 10 I give it probably 8 <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like I love this record there's some bonehead songs in there but uh-huh. the bonehead songs are fun uh, then he did his first studio effort in 2005 Called City and Eastern Songs. Um, City and Eastern Songs has a bunch of bonehead songs on it, but it has songs that reference everything. Okay. Um, it talked like throughout this whole record, the, all these records, he mentions parts in New York, like Williamsburg, uh, Seattle. Uh, we're going from New York to Seattle. Um, he has a song about walking up 23rd Street quiet alone. He talks about the Chelsea Hotel. Uh-huh. Uh, probably his most well-known song is called the Chelsea Hotel World Sex Song. I think so, because it popped up on Spotify when yeah. I was looking him up. And so that's that's one of his most well-known songs, so Leonard Cohen. Um, so he is a very New York-centric rec- uh, musician, and you hear it in all of his records. Uh-huh. Eastern, Eastern songs included. Sitting in Eastern. Um, <laughs> uh, and it, that's got one of the best songs by him called the Williamsburg Will Old Him a Song. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he talks to, it's a story about him being on the subway uh, writing to remaster an old album he went and sent to Will Oldham also known as Body Prince Pilly uh-huh. and he rapes him oh my god <laughs> and leaves him uh, on the train tracks and he sort of talks about what that means right? dang it didn't really happen obviously it's just right. a story but and then um, he's gone for he's gone for about um, five years and he comes back with nine in the record but uh, it's called 12 Crass Songs. Mm-hmm. And it's covers of Crass Songs. Weird. And it's amazing. Uh-huh. They're better than the Crass Songs. I'm not a big fan of Crass Guy. No. And uh, I love his Crass Song. Because he, he 
keeps them interesting. Right. Um, Pitchford also hated the striking you at two or something out of it. Right. Because they so severely misguided because, uh, God forbid you fuck with Crass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love 12 Crass songs. Not my favorite Jeff Lewis record. Right. Uh, speaking of, like, weird cover albums, mm-hmm. have you heard of uh, Dirty Projectors? Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, they have an album, I think it's called Damaged. Mm-hmm. Which the idea behind that is... Is it damaged by Black Flag? It's supposed to be damaged by Black Flag, but he hasn't listened to Damage <laughs> in 20 years. Oh my god! So he's just like, yeah, I'll just... I'll try to remember what these songs sound like and then do covers of the songs I don't remember. That's amazing! Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, that's a really cool idea for a cover album. Okay, so uh, between 12 Crash songs and uh, his next record, they, he... A lot of people did not like Sydney Eastern songs in the fact that um that it wasn't his other records which sounded like they were recording tapes. Right. So he self-released sort of Sydney and Eastern tapes, which is just the demos of the songs. Uh-huh. And so and after that he did a song called MRI, a record called MRI also on Retro 2009. MRI is his post record where it's got now before all this, like the not a whole lot of band. There's like songs that have bands in them. Right. But MRI is the most one that has consistent a band uh Thing to it. Uh, MRI Did this, has, this backing band have a name? Uh, this one is the Junkyard. Okay. Yeah. The other ones he is just like, he had works a lot with his brother Jack. Uh, he calls himself Jack Lester Lewis because everyone knows his brother. Right. Uh, I should mention Jeff Lewis is not big here at all. Uh, I've been, the first show I went to him, he was in, uh, I was one of three people there. Oh my God. Um, he sells out places in the UK. Damn. Because he's on Rough Trade. Rough Trade's a UK record label. So when they say, hey, we're pushing someone, uh, someone through, he fills up places. Damn. Yeah. Here, still not so much. It's set in college towns around the coast. Okay. Um, Austin, he'll fill up. Um, uh, Kansas City. Uh, he's been here once. There are like 30 people there. He played the, he played the train station in the Lawrence. Uh, yeah, right? Like <laughs> It was weird. And they had to open the windows because the car, carbon dioxide was like, going off. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, it was weird. Uh, I love Jeff Lewis like four times. I've seen it many times he plays. I'll see him honestly. Damn. Um, so uh, then he after MRI, which is great, he did a record with the on K Records with a uh, called the Bundles. That's the name of the band. Uh, that's Camille Dawson, him, his brother, and uh, Herman Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then there's a band from the '60s, and uh, he mentions them in a song called. Uh, the history of punk rock, uh, the history of development of punk rock on the Lower East Side, 1951 to 1975, where he basically talks about the history of punk rock through that. Uh-huh. And he mentions to make up a holy modal rounders. Okay. Uh, from the 60s, they're like a freak freak folk band. And he started doing records. He's done like solar uh, records with Peter Stanfield of that. Um, also, just through his website, you can find the records. <laughs> and he's done a few of those with him. With uh, the guy from. The Holy Mother Rounders. He's Damn. 81 now. Um, but not so I just need to write songs about like Primus and Battles, and maybe they'll do albums with me. Maybe. Yeah, okay, so. cool. And so uh, <laughs> uh, then he did another uh, song in the record in 2011 called Turn the Dream Songs. Uh, no um, backing band on this one. Mm-hmm. But a lot of... Uh, they did something I hate with this record that um, they have... Herman do just play ukulele and do whatever he wants to do in the songs on every song. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, and there's good other stuff in there. And there's some great songs on there, but uh, they did that thing I don't like. Which, right. Yeah. Moving on to uh, Manhattan, which is 
which was uh, for four years later, Manhattan, is his last record before this one. Okay. Um, it's not a band. Close to it, though. He has a band called uh, The Rain, and this is two girls. Um, it seems like he changes bands every record, uh-huh. depending on how he's feeling. But, but Makes yeah. sense. Keeps things fresh. Yeah, so Manhattan's great. Uh, it has... Um, <clears throat> oh, a lot of filler songs, some really good ones. The last song is called "The Pigeon," which is a play on the Raven. Oh God! <laughs> but with like a Jewish like old man and all, all this all this Yiddish in it. It's a great record though. <laughs> um, then he falls away. He did a, a, a pretty weird record called 13 Fall Songs." Uh huh. Not a record. Uh, you can buy a CD a show. So Marky e. Smith of the Fall. Mm-hmm. He's a big Fall fan. You know the Fall are? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have lots of records, lots not so good ones, but Jeff Lewis loves to fall. So, I did that, and I haven't, I haven't listened to yet, so much more. Oh, <laughs> um, and now, we come to Bad Wiring. Bad Wiring is Jeff Lewis and the Voltage. Um, I meant to say, Manhattan is Jeff Lewis and Lewis Bolts. Okay. And so this uh, new one, actually, is Jeff Lewis and the Voltage. Uh, and Jeff Lewis, before this, this is Bad Wiring is great. I fucking love his new record, more than Manhattan. Damn. Um, uh, it's my favorite record of his. I'll go ahead and say it right there. Um, Jeff Lewis, before this, he didn't really sing. He sort of vocal fried everything. Uh-huh. And he would s- switch between two and three notes. He actually doesn't vocal fry everything on this new record. <laughs> um, Does he vocal fry a little bit? A little bit. Okay. You'll hear it. Um, but uh, it was weird when I first met Jeff Lewis. I, and I'm, I get starstruck by him every time. You know? <laughs> uh, he sounded exactly doing these things. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't handle this. <laughs> I can't handle this right now." He's just singing at yeah. you. I, I, and I love Jeff. I've loved Jeff Lewis ever since I met him. And this record is a great Jeff Lewis record. Nice. Um, I'm gonna let you actually, uh, when we start playing, I'm gonna hand you the screen so you can actually read along to it. I've read cool. along to it plenty of times. Awesome. Now. Um, and uh, I gotta be honest. Uh, when I read so someone Jeff Lewis, most people say I don't get it. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm not expecting you to say that, but uh, I'm not going to be surprised if you do. If I don't get yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not saying you're not going to get it. And I'm also going to let you know that my wife does not like Jeff Lewis. She was straight <laughs> said, I do not like Jeff Lewis. Please stop listening to Jeff Lewis <laughs> in the car. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and um, that's fine. But uh, I'm always going to have a special place in my heart for Jeff Lewis, and his new record is fucking fantastic. Um, he deals a lot with He struggles a lot with mental health. Okay. Um, um, he has anxiety, depression, and that is so apparent in this new record. Hmm. Um, but uh, well, I'm going to put on Bad Wiring for you right now, and we'll take a listen, and we'll, we'll get to it. All right, I'm ready. Fix the microphone. And that's Jeff Lewis's uh, Bad Wiring. So, uh, <laughs> what did you think of this? I actually really liked it. Okay, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Okay. Uh, but I will say, it did take a while for me to like acclimate to his voice yeah his a little voice bit. is uh it's uh okay so when i first listened to fugazi uh-huh i need a little bit to acclimate to the roar that they did yeah um i'm pretty used to hearing bad singers uh from my punk days and all that right. shit <laughs> so i acclimated pretty quick and one thing that i gravitated most about jeffrey was when i first heard him is that I could do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, that's what people listen to punk bands are like, I, this is something I could do. You right. Um, but And I could see that. It was, I mean, this felt very kind of like garagey and punky, mm-hmm. especially like the, the opening track. Um, Everything was exactly what you needed. 
exactly what you... nobody wanted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Which it felt very like it felt very garagey, but like really loose. Yeah. Like it seemed like drums kind of missed their cue sometimes, yeah. but it it had a lot of like heart to it. When it comes to lyrical content of that song, I think it has to do with you know Marky Smith or Tilly Cooper or the Thugs or David Berman, just these people that. That the mainstream missed, but he loved, you know. Right. Um, and that's why I got from that song. Like, uh, I really interest. I again, this whole record's very wordy. Yeah. Um, just very traditional song structures compared to battles we just listened to. So, uh, but it, like you said, it's very garagey. It's very, you know, punk songs basically. It did. Yeah. There, there was definitely a huge punk vibe to it. In fact, I felt like. This had a like uh, Meat Puppets Two vibe. Yeah. If you've ever listened to that yeah, album, yeah, sure. It's it it's like the singing's pretty bad. It's got punk structures. It's got kind of this like country folky vibe to it. Like it felt very Meat Puppets, which yeah. I really like. Very meat, uh, meat and potatoes. This this <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the uh, ugly sounds which we talk about so much, this one was pretty simple, straightforward. Yeah. Uh, compared to that. Um. You, you could hear oftentimes Jeff was struggling to hit the notes that needed for the song, but he did it. And um, I, like again, I find this shit very charming. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this song did get me a little worried though, uh, with like how loose everyone was playing and uh-huh. uh, his cadence on a lot of the lines uh-huh. was a little weird. I was like, oh fuck, it's gonna be a whole album of like, <laughs> <laughs> like charm and heart can only take it so far before it's like. Come on, you, you're, it's a four-four beat. Like maybe, yeah. maybe stay in beat, but it it really evened out after that. And I I definitely really enjoyed the whole so thing. We go that to that, except to the fact that it isn't. Uh-huh. Um, this song is a happy song, but not really. Right. <laughs> um, it has a happy like both the songs are heavily free. You know, like bop your head beat, but uh, the, this song is about depression. Oh yeah. After the bonehead freak out at the beginning, it's about depression. Oh, it's about. Um, you know, I, I liked the freak out. I wouldn't yeah. even call it boneheaded. I thought the, I, I thought it was cool. That this guitar had like a harmonica sound, but there's yeah. also harmonica on this album. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, is that guitar? Is yeah. it like feedbacking harmonica? But I, I don't know. I like the little freak These out at the beginning. Perfectly suit Jeff Lewis's uh, thing. Like this song is about everything's going fire for me. Why do I feel like shit? Right. Which everyone feels at some point. For sure. Um, I, I connected a lot with a lot of the things on this album, specific, yeah. specifically the next song. But um, <laughs> yeah, next song for sure. This song had like a really... I I wrote that this one had like a 90s vibe to uh-huh. it. It's like these like dark lyrics with like a happy song, but it also it also kind of sounded like yeah. a ska song. Yeah. I want to mention Jeff Lewis is also a comic book artist. He has like... I have them all. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. I do want to flip through this. Yeah, yeah, Let me at least look at one. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. But... um. Jeff Lewis, he, uh, he is very witty, very funny, and he's just a funny turns of phrase oftentimes. Uh, and uh, I'm very, very, very pleased with um, this. And that one you're holding, Fluff's number zero, is probably his most recent one. Uh-huh. It talks about his early years as a uh, the guy who traveled around Europe and his time in Austin and all that sort of stuff. And if you want to borrow stuff, I have no problem letting you look at it. He's got big ass feet. It's <laughs> <laughs> a guy whose body parts keep growing. Weird. Yeah. Um, so, oh, it's kind of sticky, too. Yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, you really like this book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, now we're getting into My Girlfriend, Don't Worry. Right, which... Um, Doesn't work. You said it was hilarious. 
and um, I fucking agree. <laughs> yeah, no, this was I really liked it. Um, so like uh, the part where, part where he goes, uh, which is think happy now about our relationship that our bad relationship. Oh yeah, I've heard shit all the time when I was in young relationships. Like, why do you think about this? Like, just think about how happy we are. <laughs> yeah, I think this one might be my favorite. Okay, on the album, um, it did remind me of. <laughs> Have you ever heard the song Pillow Talk by Lil Dicky? No, I haven't. I should look into it. It's very similar. That one's like a, think this song, um, but stretched out over like, I think it's like 12 minutes long. Jesus. Kind of like a rap song, but it's some guy trying to have like a deep conversation with like a one night stand girl he Uh hooked up with. Um, But it's kind of like that, just that very similar vibe of like, he's going into like these like deep, crazy conspiracy theories stuff. And she's like. What's Pangea? Because <laughs> he mentions Pangea at one point, and so it's that happening. But then also the guy's brain is like a third character talking, okay. just like this is stupid. Like, yeah. But it reminded me of that. But I think I think I like this one more. Yeah. But after this, we are gonna have to listen to that song. Okay. Um, but uh, it yeah, it kind of had this like this guy's like in a good situation, but he's kind of crippled by anxiety because it's like you have these like two lines about like oh you've got family you've got friends you've got a relationship and then it's just line after line after line of like an anxiety attack (laughs) basically it has a song called anxiety attack on the on the singing eastern songs and a lot of people point that song to exactly what anxiety attack feels like oh i i mean dude i wrote fuck dog do i have anxiety (laughs) (laughs) while listening to this song is just like oh shit (laughs) maybe i I have i have a wife who actually indulges me in these sort of conversations Mm -hmm. most of the time um but it doesn't help when it's 3 a.m and i think about this shit (laughs) yeah no it's that line he said in it about just like uh Something like, no, it's stupid, so I just stay quiet. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll should think it's in length, so I just leave it out. I just yeah. leave it out, yeah. <laughs> but I do like, I did like the line about, like, basically being a meaningless fungus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For a person. Um, which, that all brings us into uh, dis- depression despair. Well, where's the machine? Well, no, fuck, you're just... Yeah, Where's the machine? No, you're. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm way ahead. Yeah. You're way ahead. So, Depression Despair. Um, this is the first single off this record. I can see that. I wrote it's actually yeah. the catchiest song. Yeah. Um, uh, and it opens. It it wasn't enough for him to completely attack me on the last song. Yeah. He decided to open this song with just me right now, which is, uh, I haven't got the leeway to be falling too behind. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm in school and falling way behind on the assignments I need to do. So, um, this this actually uh, this is gonna take me a long time to sing on accurately because it's uh, rapid fire lyrics yeah. um, and lots of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I saw him play it live, there was sounds just like that, and people can say it's the best song on the record. I don't know if I agree because the chorus doesn't quite get me. I'm like, okay, he's just saying shit. Like, I. I liked it. Uh-huh. It, like I said, it's the catchiest on here. But I wrote uh, many different times that other songs were my favorite. Oh, you did, yeah, yeah. But it's like this is definitely the catchiest. Like, yeah. If I need to think right now, what the song like? If you were just, if you were to ask me what any of the other songs sound like, uh-huh. I wouldn't have it for you. But if you asked me what this song sounded like, I'd be like, oh, depression, despair. despair. Yeah. I'll see you there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Did you? So, uh, that's the singlessly song on there. And then we get into to, to, to question marks are told. Till yeah, till question marks are told. Yep. 
Um, to me, this sounded almost like a, he, he had a record called Turn the Dream Songs, and this is reminiscent of that record, this song specifically. Okay. Um, I really liked... Um, it's kind of hidden in the background, but there's this like really cool reverse guitar texture. Yeah, yeah. That just kind of keeps showing up. It's in the background. It's not too flashy. Yeah. Uh, like if you weren't... It shimmers, is what you're saying. Yeah, like if you... If you didn't notice it was there, you probably wouldn't. It just kind of sounds like another just background thing. Um, he does a thing. This almost really, uh, as opposed to the rest of the record, it's not as subconscious. He's talking to someone as right. opposed to talking about himself. Yeah, this song, uh, as somebody who has been around punk bands and in a band yeah. and in a punk band and all that stuff, I know what he's doing, and it's it's the just trick. Okay. Or the cuss word trick. It's whatever. Ours happened to be, it was cuss words. Um, when you need to fill syllables because you really like a line you wrote, uh-huh. he just throws in a just. So there's like a couple <laughs> lines in there where it's just like, there's no reason he should have just said just there. But he did. But he does. It's like, oh, it's because he needed to fill the syllables yeah. in the amount of notes. Uh, I noticed that a couple of times, but other than that, I still really like the song. All right. Uh, we'll move on to LPs, uh, the other single. Oh, is it? Yeah. I could see that. This one was pretty catchy, uh, too. 60 sound to it, which is, makes mm. sense because he's talking about how the records he grew up listening to were from the 60s. Uh, yeah. There's one line I totally disagree with in here. Which he is? Goes, uh, uh, if it's, uh, he says that the 60s is, uh, uh, it's from the 60s, it's probably most bang for your buck. It's just from the 80s and it's, it's guaranteed to totally suck. Right. Uh, there are plenty of 80s records I like from the 80s. Yeah, I yeah. think there's a decent amount of good stuff, but maybe he's just not a fan of later, like, hardcore punk. Maybe he doesn't like metal. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't like 80s pop. But he likes Crass. <laughs> That's why he did the Crass song. Right. <laughs> but um, this song, uh, I I related to a lot of the beginning of it. Uh-huh. I don't own CDs anymore. <laughs> like, I did buy a lot of CDs. Like, I, um, I did start buying... Uh, LPs before they started to cost a lot like when yeah. they were just like some random shit shoved in a yeah. corner of my favorite like mm. CD store I would yeah. go to but yeah, it, that little, little LP, LP section yeah what was the first LP you bought this oh, had me shit. thinking about oh, uh, Bart's Record Shack honestly, on Pearl Street in Boulder, if you Colorado really want to know the first record I bought that's why I'm asking this uh, is um, Fear Fun by Father John Misty oh really yeah and then the second one was actually the newest My Bloody Valentine record Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. My first one was In God We Trust Incorporated by the Dead Kennedys. Nice, nice. Good one. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I bought it before I had a record player. Oh. I was just like, I was like, I knew I was, no, I knew I was going to get a yeah. record player at some point. It's like, yeah. I'll get one, but I want this. Yeah. So I just bought it. Um, but uh, I do, like, I haven't switched back to like digging through CDs and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, but I do definitely agree that the price is pretty high on yeah, records. Yeah, they're getting pretty and, high now, aren't they? Like, they used to be not so bad. Well, yeah, they used to be cheaper if they even released them. Like, I, I mean, I want the new music on yeah. vinyl, but it's just crazy that it's like, I remember buying CDs and I would be like, oh, you know, 15 bucks, that's about the price for a CD, but it's, I think the average price of a new record is like 25. Yeah, I know. What's it's the like, deal? oh, fuck, I'm paying 10 bucks more. <laughs> I don't know, bigger artwork, I guess. Yeah, I do um, like the bigger artwork, to be honest. That's worth it a lot of time. But then also going through, like, used records and stuff, since so many people are into collecting records uh-huh. now, um, it's hard to find, like, the good shit. Yeah, it is. Like, I, I, I bought a few, I mean, I buy them used a lot nowadays, and, uh-huh. hey, it's cool, but, uh... It is. But it's not as cheap as it used to be, for sure. That's all right. Yeah. 
Nothing is, uh, which gets us into... Knucklehead, Happy Ring, which is more of an interstitial filler. Yeah. It's is... a... I would even say this is... The palate cleanser? Yeah, palate cleanser or like a short intermission. Um, is this kind of what his older album sounded like? Yeah, oh, quite quite a bit. You'd hear sound like... You'd hear cars maybe going by or something okay. like that. Um, I mean, I I get it then. Like, I think I understand the appeal of the old... Lo-fi. Sound, yeah. Lo-fi. <laughs> Which just is my favorite quote of all time of just, it's not shitty, it's lo-fi. <laughs> so if somebody if somebody says something shitty, you say, no, it's not, it's lo-fi. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I liked it. It was pretty atmospheric. I think it was just, it, it, he was either recording something, some little riff on his front porch while yeah. it was raining, or he had a rain thing and he mixed in the stuff. But I don't know, I might go back and check out right. some of his older stuff because I think it, it had just kind of a neat thing. What's funny, uh, take it for granted. Um, interesting anxiety-ridden for sure. Uh, basically about about worrying about everything uh-huh. and the only way you can not worry about it is if you take it for granted. Yeah, you just kind of live um, like you're just content uh-huh. with everything and it's fine to be content but I, I loved how it kind of like ended with like a little like anxiety episode of like uh just like you know it's nice to take things for granted because otherwise like what if you died tomorrow yeah, yeah, what yeah. if this <laughs> talking about how he's every door could take off a, a separate uh, like one of his fingers you know yeah like, exactly <laughs> and it's like oh, okay yeah it is nice to take for granted that a door will just work so it was like very, that. that was also very funny that's yeah. the song. uh then in certain words was actually the third single on the record right in, in certain words and the only other one i think i've seen uh it be considered a um yeah a single a single and for somebody who wanted to shit on uh 80s albums this had a huge yeah, 80s vibe go, to it feels very 80s for for someone who talks shit on the 80s music oh damn <laughs> yeah, yeah, i didn't read your notes i promise yeah. um i just felt like it uh it kind of had that um that Flock of Seagulls song, like the yeah. I Ran song, like yeah. it, it sounds so much like that, but not exactly. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It also doesn't have like cheesy synths or anything. Yeah. But like listening to it, I'm like, this is a fucking eighties song. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so someone shits on it. He sure does. It sure does sound like an eighties song. Which I think this might be my third favorite song of oh, Depression Despair being your favorite. No, 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 that was the catchiest. Oh. My favorite is uh, My Girlfriend Doesn't Worry. Yeah, it's a great song. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I really liked that one. Um, but I also, I liked the thing he did. It was almost, um, like a Tame Impala kind of thing uh-huh. where he like just put weird effects over just like, it sounds like a conversation just happening. Yeah, like yeah. he recorded, probably field recorded a like, conversation. Sounds like the end of, uh, of maybe, uh, God, what's that song called? Um, Past Life? Like it, it ended, I think it. Past Life? Uh, Tame Impala song. Oh, is that Life? the Tame Impala song? The, you think I would know? I don't listen to Lonerism that often. Well, this I, is not Lonerism. This is on Currents. Then it's not the one I'm thinking of. It's on loner. Where he talks about, uh, uh, basically, he talks about meeting an old girlfriend. Nope. Of the dry cleaner. It is. I think it's. I think it's music to walk home by. Okay. Might be the one I'm thinking of. Oh, that that makes sense. Yeah. One of them has like a conversation at the end while everything gets all kind of yeah. like washed out and cool. But that's what it reminded me of. Um, but I like that. Okay. Uh, and so then we go into where is the machine. Which is a, basically a song about, we have all these machines that, you know, mix concrete, that do all these many things, but we can't fix the feeling. A machine that helps us not feel shitty. Well, <laughs> or, it's because it's not profitable. To, <laughs> yeah. Like, all the, all the things he mentioned were like, oh, it makes 
It makes jobs easier. Yeah, it ma- yeah, make it makes money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my anti-capitalist is showing. Um, it on the website we were looking at that had lyrics. This was the first one. The last three songs of this album didn't have yeah. lyrics posted. I think you eventually found the ones for this one. But one thing I did write on this song, you said he was wordy. Yeah. And I think this song he was wordy to a fault. Yeah. Because. Um, See, he I thought you said that about my girlfriend doesn't worry, but I think you really like that song. You like the wordiness of that song. Right, but it was like the wordiness in that one fit with like the beat of what was uh, happening. Yeah. This one, it felt like he was trying to fit five or uh, ten pounds of words in a yeah. five pound bag. I actually bag. put crowded. Yeah, it yeah. did. It felt very crowded where it was just like he's throwing too much in there that it's like he kind of loses the beat just trying to say what he wrote down mm-hmm. and it's like dude back off a little bit like <laughs> maybe pick some different yeah. words for this if it doesn't fit okay and we'll move on to the next song Dogs of My Neighborhood I love this song it's a silly song about doggos yeah and it's it's a palate cleanser in a different way it, it's, it's not funny. like a filler it, track it's pretty funny too like 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 uh, you look at his Facebook and he has lots of pictures of him and dogs uh-huh. <laughs> it's cause he likes dogs. He just can't have one in his apartment. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's great. I think more bands should do songs about things that they see. Yeah, yeah. Like don't you don't need to spend a lot of time writing stuff. Just take a walk. Yeah. And you write down what you saw. Do you yeah. see some dogs? You tell me about those dogs you saw. I want to know about your daily life. Yeah. Um, this song sounded like meat puppets mashed together with like dead milkman lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Like it just—it's a silly song. I loved it. Yeah, I, like I really liked this one. It didn't like rank in my favorites, but it was like ah, I'd show dogs in my neighborhood to <laughs> yeah. somebody. I thought yeah. that was really fun. And then we're on our final track uh, called "Not Supposed to Be Wise," which is—it's uh, depressing for sure. He talks about how everything that learns dies. Right. So how are we supposed to keep any information? Like, um, it's a good closer. Um, yeah, they do my favorite closer thing, which would is when like an album kind of ends on like a. Almost like a washed out, laid back. Oh, so it sort song. of eases you out of the record too. Yeah, and yeah. those they tend to be some of the better songs on the album. Um, this is my second favorite song on this oh, yeah. album. Oh, okay. It's just like there's something about a closing track that's like laid back, washed out, just like it. I don't know. It's kind of like a even though it's kind of a depressing song, like a feel good, relaxing vibe. I don't know what it is, but just when you end an album like that, it yeah. just it feels very final. So, um, when it comes to Jeff Lewis' record, it's probably my second or third favorite. Um, the lyrics are, are better than the last one, for sure. Right, um, which um, I actually had a joke queued up in case the lyrics were bad. Um, <laughs> it practically wrote itself. The album is called Bad Wiring. Yeah. But it could have easily been Bad Writing. <laughs> Got him. All right. Look, we'll uh, zing. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Sean. So, uh, I uh, actually... Um, this is my second or third favorite Jeffrey Lewis record. Um, like I said, he's a wordy guy, uh-huh. and that's why I love him so much. I felt like besides uh, Where's the Machine, mm-hmm. the wordiness didn't get in the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, going back to the last thing. Uh, yeah. the I really like at the end that they they let it jam, yeah, which is a complaint I had with the Wilco album. There was none that, none they the wouldn't machine. let it jam when he was done singing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like... He's wordy, and a lot of these songs did end when he was done singing. Uh-huh. He had, he was out of stuff to say. This one spent a solid like minute or two jamming, just jamming. You got a cool harmonica solo. They're playing around in the chords a little bit. Like it, it made the album feel more final too. Like yeah. okay, Jeffrey Lewis is done singing. We're gonna sit there. We're gonna play music for a little bit. Um, but I really really liked that one. I, that one was my second favorite. 
So your favorite being um, my girlfriend isn't worried. Uh huh. Second favorite being Bing. not supposed to be wise, and third favorite uh, in, certain in certain orders. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm glad you liked it. I wasn't sure how to, how you feel about it. Like I said, a lot of people don't get Jeffrey Lewis. And honestly, like that was maybe a risk showing me. I'm not a huge like folk fan. Yeah. Like if there was no backing band there, yeah. I'd be like, Chris, you mother, <laughs> I, I hate you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, although the lyrics were all pretty good. Yeah. Not even pretty good. They were all really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm not much of a lyrics guy either. Oh, yeah. As you saw with battles, it was mostly yeah. instrumental. I didn't even bother to look up what the lyrics were for that one because I mean, they ended up not really and making so, a lot of sense. Anyway. Since he's a New York guy, this was actually recorded in Nashville. So people, oh, was it? Yeah, people called it his country. He's like, I don't see that, but whatever. But just because it was recorded in yeah, the country, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, Jeff Lewis, he's a, a New York native. Um, if you go anywhere, any article you see about him, they'll always say mention in the first sentence from NYC. <laughs> Which actually, I looked him up on like Wikipedia, trying to look into it. Uh-huh. Um, since battles are also from New York, yeah. Um, I wanted to see if there was like a connection there but it was like oh he was born in new york <laughs> and then it was like and then he went to austin yeah and it was like those are the only times i really saw any sort of like location on him and then the rest was like he wrote for new york times he wrote for new york times he wrote for new york. <laughs> like he did a lot of new york stuff and i was like is he is he in new york is yeah. he doing stuff for new york yeah, if you listen to manhattan his previous record it's like, all new york it's all new york he talks about talks about where he's walking and like where he's, he's walking talking. here yeah yeah here as they do in new york <laughs> yeah so i met Jeffrey Lewis a few times um his brother was convinced that i let them stay in my house when i didn't he's, uh-huh. like, he's like this is chris uh maybe you see his house i'm like no he didn't stay in my house <laughs> <laughs> i promise you didn't <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, every time i've talked to him it's i'm just sort of like uh-huh. <laughs> like i don't get starstruck that easy uh-huh. except for someone i Adore like Jeff Lewis, right? And um, it's he's very accessible. I almost uh, I emailed him about putting one of his songs on a, another podcast I had. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't know how the record label works, but here's a field recording I have. He just sent it to me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like garbage, so I didn't use it. <laughs> but um, Jeff Lewis, uh, he's very accessible. I'm one of like eight people on his message board on his website. Oh damn. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh. But he didn't stay at your house. He did not stay at my but house. But he's always invited? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I was thinking about, like, he has, um, there's a, a guy named Major Matt Mason USA. Uh-huh. He used to be in New York here in this uh, record league called Olive Juice, and he released all these odd and ends Jeff Lewis stuff. And now they moved to Overland Park. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, and so whenever Jeff comes here, uh, Major Matt Mason and his wife, they do a band called Swervon. They get back together just to do that show with Jeff whenever he comes to town. Dang. And so, obviously, it's a place to stay with uh, Matt and uh, Matt and Ben. Well, then you should go hang out with them, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think these two albums are really interesting to bring together. Oh, for just sure. Because we were doing, like, a new albums thing. Yeah. But somehow, the same night, we managed to do bands that are from New York. Yeah. And Battles has gone on and said, like, this album's kind of representative of New York. Uh, so I thought it was cool just kind of i guess they're different approaches Mm -hmm. to it i feel like battles stuff was a little bit more celebratory a little bit like more romanticized version of new york um stuff's really representative you get uh a lot of the people in it are from new york um the inside of the record sleeve it looks like a like a metro subway system um I think the music kind of feels New York-y. My, uh, 
my friend Marissa and uh, her husband Jesse, who used to live in New York. I know them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they said that New York is, like, crowded, but pleasant. Yeah. I, Which is, like, if I were to describe how the Battles album sounds, it's crowded, but pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot going on, but it all, it all kind of evens out. Yeah, I yeah. actually got in touch with a lot of my New York friends um, to kind of ask them to give me some kind of some idea of what New York's like. I mean, I went there, I experienced some yeah. big, I was, like a comic I was, book convention. I was there I, for about four weeks, or not four weeks, four days. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, uh, we, we spent almost all of our time in Manhattan, which uh, it's great. Manhattan's awesome, but you know, I would like to get out a little bit to Brooklyn or any of these places. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different places there. Um, yeah, I, I just thought it was cool, and I feel like Jeffrey Lewis kind of approached it in a more... And it's more personal, but he definitely comes off as, like, a byproduct of New York. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, like, born there, raised there, stuff like that. You kind of get... It feels like a lot of his, like, the anxieties and worries and stuff like the, that. Are city-based a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jeff Lewis, uh, I, uh, I have undying love for that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like a deep affection. Um, it, his records helped me out a lot when I was um, aimless. You know, right? Uh, so you know, you always had that artist that's in a, somehow had made you part of themselves, and Jeff Lewis is one of those artists that sort of has guided me through my early twenties to now. <laughs> you know, like, oh, nice. Yeah, if I want to listen to something good, or something that's gonna help help me feel safe, Jeff Lewis is one of those artists. I'm kind of like that with battles yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, ever since Gloss Drop, it's kind of been just like they've kind of always been either in the background or at the forefront. Like I've got. A rotation of a few like I listen to a lot of music oh yeah but I've got these few bands that it's like if I hop in on one record I'm stuck on them for a couple of weeks no matter what and I'll just listen through their discography yeah Battles is one Grails is one um Don Caballero is one which uh Ian Williams the yeah. guitar player in Battles and Don Caballero is my favorite guitar player yeah um so having two of his bands just be these like always there constant rotation bands uh i feel like that with with battles in them as well okay so uh what else you got going on buddy oh uh i've got another podcast Uh called uh well it's part of the cool bandana guys youtube channel but the only thing that's coming out now is our like video game book club Uh podcast which is we decided a we decide a game at the end of one podcast that everyone in the group plays throughout the month and yeah. at the end we get together and discuss it and, and where can you find that youtube it's just on youtube i think we're looking at setting up some sort of rss feed so we can yeah. get it on spotify and things like that yeah so I, and what about you i do a movie a movie podcast every called movies that don't suck and some that do uh we are on every you find podcasts uh spotify apple Podcasts, tune in stitcher we're everywhere um, if you look at movies that don't suck and some that do on Google, you'll find us like that. So uh, we do uh, two new movies a week generally. Every now and then we'll do a themed episode. We'll say, you know, you know Ryan Reeves episode, uh, uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds episode, or uh, or like, you know, Keanu Reeves episode. But most of the but time... But they're releasing a lot of movies now anyway, so you know, yeah. a, there's a strong chance <laughs> that both the movies are new. Yeah, so um, we do new movies generally. Um, new-ish, like past couple weeks sometimes we uh get early screenings like shazam we did that a few weeks early oh nice um but uh yeah that's my podcast i do it every week and um uh this was episode four record night
episode four of Record Night in the Bag. I'm Ryan. And uh, we can't wait to see you again. See you next time.